Welcome to day 234 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with the Kresge's, uh, Katie Kresge and Matthew Kresge. And uh, we're reading through the book of Matthew, not Kresge, uh, this morning. Uh, Matthew, is. Uh, we've started another cycle of readings uh, as we go through uh, Shaped by the Word. We read a gospel along with the letters that most you know, closely complement that. And so we're reading Matthew, which is uh, one of the more Jewish um, you know, gospels, uh, proving that Jesus is the Messiah from Scripture and how he is the fulfillment, you know, of Old Testament Scripture. And so we have paired him with uh, the writings from Hebrews and James, also very Jewish in their mm-hmm. character and in their teaching. So as we begin, we begin with a long list of names. And uh, this long list of names, you know, is really hard for us when we first start reading the Bible and we read through and we, we see those and our eyes kind of glaze over. But the more you read the Old Testament, the more you realize that you have the story of Israel contained in the people of Israel, mm-hmm. and it's deeply personal. And there's some neat things that uh, you know Matthew is doing with his genealogy. He throws in there, you know, some curveballs. He's not giving us a pristine genealogy of the Messiah. He's pointing out along the way that there were failures of the nation of Israel. Uh, that are fulfilled in Christ, and all of everything that Israel should have been is fulfilled in Christ, and that'll be a major theme of this of, of this book. So it's a deeply rich gospel uh, that begins and ends with uh, the presence of Christ. The child will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with you, and it ends with the phrase, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So let's uh, dig into uh, the book of uh, Matthew, but before we do, and let's remind ourselves that we are here in a very personal, um, very personal level uh, to know God, to uh, be shaped by His Word, uh, to have our hearts and our affections stirred by Him. Uh, it's more than just uh, looking at a few names; it's hearing a story and also hearing the invitation to be participants in the story. So, Matt, before we uh, read, would you lift us up in yeah. prayer? Father, we are expectant um, to hear from you, to receive your grace, to be transformed through your word, and and we pray that you would do that as we read together. Uh, Thank you for the technology that enables us to be able to read um, scripture together as your body. Um, So, Father, as we we dive in and and hear from you, um, God, would you use your word in us, um, help us to see Jesus, help us to be um, transformed by him, to to fall deeper um, in in love. with him and with you, God, thank you that you um, you have spoken. Thank you that you have given us your spirit who dwells in us and helps us to understand and gives us wisdom. Uh, would you illuminate the, um, the scripture to us as we read it? Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Amminadab. Amminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose, num- whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, father of Jehoram, Jehoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, father of Jotham, 
Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abahud, Abahud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azar, Azar the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim. Achim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eliezer, Eliezer the father of Mathon, Mathon the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. There are 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. So Mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what isn't conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. A wonderful story from beginning to end. And of course, I uh, love both the name Jesus, which is uh, Yahweh saves or the Lord saves. And of course, uh, the Emmanuel prophecy from Isaiah, which means, you know, God is with us. And of course, this is God's presence among his people, you know, not in the tabernacle and not in the temple, but in the person of Christ. And of course, you'll later here in John's gospel, we, we touched him, we felt him, we saw him with our eyes. Uh, what our hands have seen and what we have looked at, we proclaim to you uh, concerning the word of life. Mm-hmm. And we proclaim to him, God, I guess I could go ahead and do the whole book of First John here. But anyway. <laughs> it's all good. Yep. It's such a good, I mean, I love the way Matthew starts you know, his book. And, and too, I love the, kind of the note, when you think about Matthew, the tax collector, you know, and, and really people would have called him like a sellout when it comes to kind of Jewish history. And you're not even one of us. You know, you, you've, become a Roman or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know, to see him starting his book in this way. And this is not just the longing of, you know, certain people. This is like our, this, the Messiah comes from, from our story. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the one we've been longing for. And, and every time we read these names, you know, he begins with Abraham and then moves, you know, to David. He wants us to see, you, you think of the covenants that God made, you know, Abraham, you know, I will give you a son, you know, you'll be a blessing to all the nations. And, mm-hmm. and then you think of David, that a, a son will sit on your throne forever. And just those stories that that would have not just been, you know, fairy tales they told their kids, but expectations and longings, you know, Mm -hmm. for reality, you know, for for them to hear on the page as they read through these stories. And, and of course, realities that had been all but, you know, lost and long, uh, you know, uh, he talks about, you know, the exile, the long period of history from the removal of God's presence from the temple and the removal of prophetic voice you know, from among the people uh, until the arrival of the Messiah. So these stories, they're taking a new shape uh, because he is the one. Um, 
through whom all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Not, not Israel itself, who failed to be a blessing to the nation. And he is the one who will reign on the throne of his father David yeah. for forever. And, of course, he will have a heart like David, a heart for God, but he'll be far more than David ever was in his devotion to God and his faithfulness to God. And so you have you know the story told in a beautiful way, and for us a lot of these names you know they're hard to they're hard to process. But if you're reading this, being steeped in Jewish history, you're you're seeing the history of the nation rehearsed in front of you, and it's like you know looking at a movie and seeing you know a name and a credit you recognize, and all of a sudden it's it's very real. They would have recognized every one of these, and they would have recognized kind of a cute little thing that he's doing here, uh, you know, in this very Jewish. Uh, genealogy is uh, inserting women mm-hmm. uh, in many cases you know they're they're gentile women as well and in many cases they point out embarrassing moments you know in israel's history not necessarily the responsibility of the women themselves but but of you know the behavior of the people that is far from god as it could possibly be mm-hmm. and then of course you have rahab and then you have ruth who are you know moabites and uh, Part of you know the city of Jericho, and so you have you know outsiders from the gospel coming in, mm-hmm. you know to be a part of it. So he's doing some wonderful things, you know, with you know with the gospel. Yeah, in this story, that's the main thing that stuck out to me. Just as a woman, as I'm reading this, just circling the names of the women, and I think there's four mentioned in the genealogy, and each instance was um, like what you already said. But to me, I was just thinking. Um, something God doing something with with some maybe a sinful behavior and still using it to yeah. to mm-hmm. accomplish His purpose and accomplish His plan, um, and bringing people in like you said um, that weren't. I mean, I what I read was that like Moabites because they they were the ones that kept um, the, the the Israelites from entering right from entering the promised land initially. And so they weren't allowed into um, the temple to worship. And so they weren't welcomed in as a people. And then you have, I mean, you have Ruth, who is a Moabite woman who is brought into the story, the, the genealogy of the Messiah. Yeah, I think that's and, so and, and far more than just, you know, a Moabite woman, but uh, the great-grandmother of, you know, David. Exactly. And also, or the grandmother of David. And uh, who was the one who actually um, began the construction of the temple? So you have a kind of an ironic twist in it, and you have, you know, not always. I mean, you know, Ruth was a, a woman of impeccable character, as far as we know, but mm-hmm. she was, she was an outsider, and she represented the people that uh, had been forbidden, you know, to be in God's presence. But somehow, she was one through whom God ushered in and brought His presence. In a, in, a, in a very permanent way, and you don't have the mention of Bathsheba, but who had been Uriah's wife. Right. You know that the line is carried on through this very ugly scene, and and David, who was a man after God's own heart, but it was deeply flawed in this way. And then, of course, I like the big section on the exile. And the exile is more theologically significant than we realize. It's the the time from when God uh, removed His presence from the temple, and His temple. And his people are exiled into foreign lands and and punished because of their unfaithfulness. But they're brought back to the land, but God's presence mm-hmm. never returns. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so significant when you have that Emmanuel promise, 
you know, from you know, from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Not not really a straight line prophecy that one time well, one day the Messiah will be born to a, a virgin, but it's a sign given to King Ahaz. Uh, that this young maiden uh, will have a child by natural means, and by the time that child grows up, everything that you're worrying about will be gone, mm-hmm. and you will know that God was with you. And it moves in the next couple of chapters to an even greater child, for unto us a child is born and a son is given. And you see all the characters of God resting in this child, mm-hmm. and that's the context we ought to hear when we hear the Emmanuel mm-hmm. prophecy. We, we, we emphasize the virgin birth part, uh, I've recently read a scholar who said Matthew was emphasizing the God with us part, yeah. mm. uh, which is uh, you know we're, we're we're more caught up in the miracle of virgin yeah. birth than we are the miracle of God's presence yeah. with us in the person and, of Jesus. And they wouldn't have missed it. I mean, you look at how Matthew starts it and John starts you know his gospel. You know that exile period was so significant that God removed His presence. That John wants us to know that the the tabernacle. Has returned. God's mm-hmm. presence has returned, and He's now, you know, it says Jesus has come and tabernacled among us. I mean, that would yeah. have immediately sent images all throughout His listeners, saying, "Could could this be?" And that's what Matthew's, you know, emphasizing. You're right. You know, God's presence is again with His people. You know, He He has come. How gracious is it that I'm just thinking? Like a couple of days ago, we were reading that um, God is outside of time, right? And we can be impatient with His plan. And a thousand years is like a day. Is that I might be misquoting mm-hmm. it, but to him, it's 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 all. He's you can quote of it. that either way because he quotes it both ways. Yeah, and a day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a day is like a thousand years. Yeah. Thousand years like there a day. You go. So um, you're so in good stead there. We have a God who time doesn't really mean a whole. And actually, when we him. did that podcast, we never even hit that passage. No, we <laughs> so way to go, Katie. Way to bring it. <laughs> bring way it to back. bring it in here, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, and then but then he so graciously has entered into time for us like um he his presence is with us he has tabernacled with us he chose to enter into time and to be the weakest of the weak a, a baby um for us on our behalf and i just think that's we just see the graciousness um of of our god as we read this passage you think of paul's words when the fullness of time had come you know, yeah the, the the perfect moment you know when when god was I mean, again, yeah, you know, it would have been, think about the exile and and all these years of silence and the people of Israel just groaning under the weight of like, man, are all these promises lost? Have we forsaken the covenant so bad that God has forsaken us? Mm -hmm. You know, and here it is in the fullness of time, God comes among us. Oh yeah, go ahead. (laughs) You're breathing to say something. (laughs) Okay. Or or maybe just breathing to sustain life. We can do that as well. I, I love... You know, I love up in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Mm -hmm. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so you see a wonderful character, you know, trait here in Joseph that will be um, portrayed in a deeper level in Jesus, one who is faithful to the law, but full of mercy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is a deep, you know, kind of embedded hint of what you're going to find when you come to the Beatitudes, what he called us to be, uh, you know, faithful to the law, but also with the character of gentleness and a character of spiritual poverty, the character of meekness mm-hmm. uh, and, and willingness even, you know, to, to suffer. So there's a nice embedded hint, you know, there in the gospel as well. Mm-hmm. And as usual, we've not hit all of the theological themes in here that we've we've wanted to hit, mm-hmm. but we did go back and get one that we didn't hit earlier in the week, thanks to Katie. So, Katie, why don't you close us Gladly. with a word of prayer? 
Father, thank you. Thank you for just this record of what has taken place and um, the things that you have accomplished, that you you set out to accomplish your plan, and um, nothing can thwart that, nothing can hinder that, and um, it brings me to tears to think about that because you are so powerful, and forgive us for doubting, um, doubting that you know what you're doing, doubting in your timing, um, thinking that we know better. Father, would you just meet us where we are? Um, those of us who are just listening right now and are just in a season of doubt and impatience um, as far as what our plan is compared to what your plan is. God, help us to see right here in your word that you accomplish what you will and your will is perfect. So thank you for um, tabernacling with us. Thank you that your presence continues to be with us through your spirit. And thank you for the hope we have um, in the Messiah. That's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.